Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. is not ending just on hiatus to put his family back together daniel hillard needed a job do you have any special skills i do voices yeah nancy and i are still looking for the other half of my head look at me right now money penny i want to do that bow and get to know you mr hillard do you consider yourself humorous i used to and a decent home for his kids how do you like it can't you just tell mom you're sorry but he found a way. I'm placing an ad for a housekeeper. Housekeeper? Could you make me a woman? To have both. Wow. Let's pray. Hello, welcome to Rewatchability. It's the podcast where we rewatch movies and shows we haven't seen in a while and decide if they're rewatchable. I'm Jay McNabb, joined as always by Robert Laronde. And hello! I'm Blaine Waters. Oh my God! Wait, why would you just use your same name? Oh yeah, yeah no, you have to like uh, look around the studio, see what's there. <laughs> mug microphone. I'm mug microphone. No, uh, I'm Blaine Waters. And joining us this week is a special guest. He was on the show five years ago or something. That had such a good experience <laughs> that you had to come. That back I had to come years. back. I've been begging JM to bring me back every week. It's not true. <laughs> it's our friend Matt Johnson from the Nirvana the Band show. Thank you. So happy to be here. And that's on Vice, right? On yeah, Vice it's on TV. Vice, yeah. and on if, if this if you're listening to this in Canada, it's also on City TV. And it's that's with two ends, yeah, Nirvana, because you don't want Courtney Love to murder you. Or... <laughs> Actually, no. There's a whole other because you were on our old show and it was just Nirvana the band. That's right. I was on the litigiously. <laughs> you were in our in the one that got sued. Yeah. No, I think we did it actually so that we'd have more, so that we could do merchandising and things like that. Right. Uh-huh. It didn't have anything to do with what we could put on television. The but Almighty we, Dollar. Yeah, which we, which we still haven't done. But if we wanted to make T-shirts or mugs as we have here, then we couldn't do that with with uh, with the normal Nirvana. These are our sense. mugs. By the way, yeah, I'm trying to figure out what they say. Well, there are network Antica, yeah, yeah. Antica, uh-huh. yeah. Except for Blaine's, Blaine, <laughs> Blaine, you're fired. We gave you the off-brand mugs. Oh no, I, I drew the bad mug today. So. <laughs> uh, this week Here on the we show, go. we're doing a huge movie. We're doing a movie that we've talked about doing since we started this show. Oh my god! And that is 1993's Mrs. Doubtfire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, huge movie. Huge. Uh, before we get into it, I do want to thank our sponsors, Andy Mattress and HelloFresh. And I do want to thank all of our Patreon subscribers. People donate a few bucks a month to help keep us going. You can find more about that at patreon.com slash rewatchability. Okay, Mrs. Doubtfire, 1993. Mm-hmm. Think back. Rob, when did you first see this movie? I don't remember the specific time. That okay, I- Blaine. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, a better answer for me. You go, Rob. You know, I saw it a lot because it was such like a family movie, and like my parents didn't like anything with like a lot of like swearing or violence. So but this seemed okay to them for some reason. So we watched it a lot. Plus, Robin Williams at the time, like he was really coming into his own as like an entertainer for like the masses, like reaching to like the family audience. So it was a huge movie. I saw it like over and over again. Also, I am a child of divorce. So <laughs> it hit particularly hard at some points. Mm. And you know, didn't you guys ever just spend times wishing that your dad would dress up as a woman so that he could be back in your life? more often mm-hmm. most of the time <laughs> <laughs> sure so but your parents uh, you were raised in a religious family right like, well not that religious it's just like you know just, weren't uh, you a priest 
Yeah, but <laughs> not a great priest. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, but how 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 was how was he your... just dressed up like a priest to uh, insinuate himself back into the household? <laughs> he learned that trick from a movie. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Nuns on the run. <laughs> uh, but how are they with with like cross dressing and and all this? Well, I don't think that they were supportive of it. I don't think that this movie is supportive of cross dressing. Uh, the movie is. No, it's definitely it's, not. It's weird because the movie isn't. But yet, it, I, I don't know. It's weird. Oh, we'll get into that. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Blaine, what about you? When did you see it? I had something similar to Rob, where I just kind of saw it on TV over time. I don't really have that many great memories of it, so I, this is this is a, a, a shitty rewatchability for me because I don't have I don't have great memories of it. But I do remember watching it and absolutely loving Robin Williams and thinking that. It was a pretty serious movie at times when I was a kid. Flash forward to now, which I might, you know, it's changed. There are serious moments. Yeah, yeah very serious moments. Yeah, there are serious moments. Matt, you, you suggested this movie. Yeah. When, when did you first see it? Do you remember? Yeah, I actually remember it well because it was one of the few movies that I got taken to see, you got taken to theaters to see. And I w- was there with my fraternal twin brother and sister. So we went as a family. And it, it, similar to you guys, it was that. I mean, as a kid, I was a Robin Williams fanatic. Like, I thought Robin Williams was the funniest guy. Also, he was so, in the 90s, he had been so cleaned up. Like, he was no longer doing, like, the the dark stuff that he was doing or any of the dirty stuff that he was doing in the 80s. So I just thought he was basically a children's entertainer. And to me, he was, like, (laughs) the funniest person in the world. Yeah. Um, Which which kept on going with Aladdin. And I, I saw just about all of his movies throughout the 90s. Anything that came out, I I got taken Even Flubber? Actually, weirdly enough, I've never seen Flubber. Yeah, me I neither. It, I never saw one. it. I, I saw it too. He was on okay. his way out, in fact, at that point. But yeah. like, uh, but Hook was huge yeah. for oh, me. Yeah. And so this was just one of those movies. And then again, we had the VHS and watched it all the time. Because it, it at the time, it seemed so sanitized. But you, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about this. You look at it now and you're like, oh my God, this is the most like secretly homophobic transphobic film that you could ever show somebody and for, yeah. and for very and it's almost like they code it in such a way that you're meant to take transphobic messages from it right but then they have gay characters in it that Firestein Firestein yeah. is yeah. great yeah of course but he's he, complicit extremely so yeah. extremely so and well anyway know. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure we'll talk about this yeah I don't have any real distinct memories of seeing it in the theater I did see it when it first came out the only thing I remembered specifically was that I, I uh, wanted to show it at a birthday party, uh, like my own birthday party. I didn't bring <laughs> movies to other people's uh, birthday. You but were 31 years old. I remember yeah, buying the, the tape because yeah. it was like a little bit more to buy. And I was like, well, this movie will never seem dated. I'll just, you know, invest. <laughs> I like that you were thinking that way in yeah. like 1994. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, I got to make something, pick something good that I can retirement. sell later. But yeah. I remember, I, I guess maybe I was kind of a dumb kid, but I remember like, you know, letterboxing was less prevalent or it wasn't on a lot of the movies I was watching at the time and the opening of the movie, I think, to preserve like the credits. Uh, yeah, I have a good story about this. Okay, sweet. Well, I, I just remember like <laughs> yeah. the letterboxing came on and I was like, oh, fuck. Like, yep, it's not full <laughs> there's screen. something wrong with the video. These <laughs> black bars. Like, what, what was your story about it? That recently we were in the show we were making, we were shooting some footage of it being played off of a VHS tape that we specifically got a full screen tape of. Mrs. And when, Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. No. <laughs> and when, in your show. In, 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 in season three. Oh, Did okay. you shoot your new show at my birthday party? <laughs> <laughs> no, but we were so pissed because we put it in and it was widescreen and we were like, fuck, this doesn't match the stuff we shot before. And we were all pulling our hair out because we knew that we had a full screen version of the tape. We were looking everywhere in the house and then somebody came downstairs and was like, wait a minute, that is full screen. And we all looked at the TV and it was full screen and it was like, <laughs> The universe had just changed, but now we I went, feel less dumb because I was like eleven. <laughs> no, we completely fooled us, and you're 100 percent right that the reason that old movies that were transferred to VHS needed to be widescreen at the beginning is because titling they didn't do title safe for widescreen, so right. those really beautiful like hand drawn mm-hmm. titles right. went beyond what a full screen thing could show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I love the Aubin idea that Willi there would I. like be a letterboxed <laughs> version of Mrs. Doubtfire at all. Like we need to preserve. The the director's vision. <laughs> hey, you know what? I wouldn't laugh. A lot of love went into that movie. That's yeah. the, the, re- the restaurant scene is still, in my opinion, holds up. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's all those deep focus shots. You need to see what like the extras are doing. <laughs> right into the kitchen. Yeah. They're right into the kitchen. You can see it all. You go from Sally Field being like, I'm sure he'll be back in a minute. And you can see him in the kitchen in the background. Everyone has their own little stories. It's like it's like a Joyce novel. 
movie. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, well, that's great. Rob, do you want to run down the plot of the movie? Yeah, well, so it sort of starts with a cartoon in full screen. Wait, widescreen. What did we talk about? (laughs) It's like a Tweety Bird and Celeste cartoon Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Chuck Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he supervised the animation animation, in the thing, Mm -hmm. so it would be extra authentic, I guess. But it sort of pans out. And we see that it's not just a cartoon. It's, of course, Robin Williams. He was doing a lot of voiceover at the time. Mm-hmm. Presumably, he's just playing himself. This is a documentary or something like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, all those scenes where the genie was supposed to smoke a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so he, uh, in the in the animation, which is, like, totally finished, uh, the cat shoves a cigar in the bird's mouth, and he starts smoking it and just enjoying it and, like, mm-hmm. loving this cigar. But... <laughs> Hey, it's just a cigar, Blaine. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, you're just describing it really well, that's all. Uh, but Robin Williams, he doesn't want to say the lines. He goes off script, and he's like, Ugh, this is disgusting, it's killing me. And the guy gets like really pissed off because he's, uh, it doesn't match the animation. The guy's also smoking at this time, too. Yeah, all the technicians are smoking. Everyone's smoking. They're hotboxing the, the don't studio. Don't cartoons usually have... Don't they usually do the voices and then animate it? Well, the, the great thing about that is that when, when I was just rewatching this, it was like, well, this guy's clearly not their first choice. They must have <laughs> got somebody else to do the voice of the bird, animated it, and then been like, okay, shit, this didn't work out. Let's get Robin to come in and redo this bird. Right. Sorry, yeah. Lorenzo music. Yeah. <laughs> because you never, ever do sync to animation. It's ridiculous. Although, what's incredible is he sings all of Figaro. In yeah. sync with yeah. the bird, which is like, well, it's a hell of a Yeah, and so now presumably they're going to have to get another guy to come in and do that, <laughs> do that over top of it. I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, so he quits. Uh, he won't compromise his morals. He does it in a bad Gandhi voice. Yeah, which is almost more offensive than the smoking in the cartoon. <laughs> that <he was> <laughs> <expecting>. <laughs> yeah, brutal Indian impression. <laughs> yeah. And then he, so he goes home and it turns out it's his kid's birthday, but his kid, as they tell him, he's not allowed to have a party because his grades are been down, but his mom's not going to be home for another four hours. So yeah. Robin Williams decides to get like an entire zoo and all these. He pulls like there's 50 kids at this party jumping around to jump around. I all know, different ages too, which I thought was so cool. Like, did he rent these kids from some? Yeah, because it's the 12 year old birthday party. Yeah, but yet he has five year olds jumping on the couch. I, when I was a 12 year old, I never had five year olds at my birthday party. But you know what? I think they may be friends of the of, the, of, of Matilda. The, like, I think yeah, Matilda's friends. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I just assume they just kind of opened the doors and the neighborhood just kind of <laughs> <laughs> made their way. The, the bus or ragamuffins <laughs> of San Francisco. <laughs> the bus that was supposed to go to the zoo was like, oh, there's one here. Let's stop there. That's great. <laughs> but all of this like rap music and the animals really pisses off one of the neighbors who calls the mom at work, Sally Field, and mm-hmm. she has to. I mean, first she hears uh, from you know there's somebody calling for her, you know, personally, somebody from her past. But then also there's this like neighbor who's really angry. <laughs> you don't have to whisper; yeah. everyone can hear you. It's James okay. Bond. It's James Bond calling <laughs> her past. But she goes home and she's she's so pissed off at Robin Williams because he's he's irresponsible and like there's all this big mess and she. Has to clean it up. And she and he makes her look like the bad guy for being responsible. Yeah, and so she yeah. says, "You know what? It's over." She says that she wants a divorce. He hasn't even told her that he lost his job yet. <laughs> no, I thought that was the problem when I remembered can, can it. Can we get in divorced twice? <laughs> I, like no, I think double that just sets it back. <laughs> it's a double negative. Well, also, like, I actually wrote something about this not that long ago, so I'm going to repeat a lot of jokes from that if anyone read that but like I'm surprised no kids like died at this party like if you look in the background if you get the widescreen version uh-huh. you can see like there's a kid like swinging from their chandelier it's like well it's a good thing that kid didn't like break his fucking neck yeah that would be grounds for divorce yeah. but it was also the 90s I, you know that's by today's standards that seems extremely unsafe but yeah. I actually remember being at birthday parties at certain kids houses that were completely out of control that you where, swung from the chandeliers where that wouldn't have been Outside of the realm uh, of possibility. Outside the, yeah, like that could have happened. Of course, the parents would be like, what the hell are you doing? But like people would, would, would jumping on trampolines, doing crazy yeah. stuff when right. we, in the 90s. It was just a completely different time. And I actually yeah. think what was so offensive to Sally Field about that party, the way that the film presents it is that she's upset that her flowers were eaten, that the cake that she brought home for her son gets eaten by a horse. Yeah, a lot and, of things eaten. Yeah, yeah and, that, and that the kid got the party even though they had agreed he wasn't going to get the party. And if you look, the psychology is so interesting because she was like, you're being punished, Lawrence brother. I don't know if it's Matthew Lawrence or which Ma- Lawrence brother Matthew is. Matthew Lawrence, not yeah. Joey. So Matthew Lawrence <laughs> is being punished and she thought, I'm going to 
take pity on him and come home a hero with this cake. Yeah. And so what was taken from her is her ability oh. to say, it's okay, I'm forgiving you, but this is still a lesson. And so because the rug was swept out from under her, she's like, yeah, she, she's, yeah, she never gets to be the cool guy. No, not at all. And, yeah. she, and she intended to be. She intended mm-hmm. to be the person who comes home with the soccer birthday. Yeah, that's, yeah. I, I, yeah. And I think I you're right. That. That's I think sweet. also having a donkey in your living room is a good reason to yeah, well, you pissed. someone. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. kind of reminds, you know, like in American Beauty, we talked about like Kevin Spacey spilling beer on the couch and being like, it's just a couch. Yeah. But when you watch it when you're older... Couches are expensive. <laughs> I'm on her side with it. You know, same thing here. Like, yeah. You don't bring animals in your home like oh, no, that. It was a disaster. The police are there. Like, yeah. it's not acceptable. When I was a kid, I was always on Robin Williams' side. I was like, yeah, he was just trying to have a party for his kid. Like, right. what, yeah. what's your hang-up? But now, it's yeah. like, no, you guys are co-parenting. You guys are like co-parents in a relationship that are trying to to raise these kids the right way and Robin Williams just is going and backstabbing her all the time. You also realize that it's not about the kids. This is Robin Williams who's just had a bad day at work and was fired and is thinking yeah. I need to be with some people who really think I'm great. And so yeah. he goes uh, above and beyond This is his bar. Kids. This is like alcoholism. Well, right. Yeah. He does literally say at the end of this movie, I'm addicted to my children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. a sign of that troubling behavior. <laughs> Give me more kids! Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you when I've had enough. Yeah, he's like a witch in an old old tale yeah. yeah. and we should mention we all love Robin Williams yeah for sure. uh, of course we, we, we all, almost thought we would never do this episode yeah. when he passed away but I, I think N- we're, we're okay to do that and it's okay to point out the flaws in this and still yeah. like well, like you is, said it's not we, all his fault no, <laughs> and, not and this all. is his no. character that he's portraying in this movie this isn't yeah. Robin Williams himself it's also I was thinking about it it's one of the few movies I can think of where it's like I can't even see it being like a movie you could watch with anyone else in the It's a Robin world. Williams film. Yeah. yeah. It, it's like it's like Ace Ventura Pet Detective. It's like one of those films where, not to say that those films are comparable at any level, but yeah. it's a movie where it is such a bravura performance that was written for the actor that you could not imagine. Yeah. It just wouldn't exist. No. It, like, this guy sold the movie. Well, it's I, like he wrote it. I did even find it really hard to, like, separate Robin Williams from, like, the character that he's playing before he puts on the dress and the prosthetics. Because he's a voice actor, which he, I, obviously I knew him best as, and he's like still like the crazy guy doing all the voices and like he does have like this groundedness I think well he has the sadness there's such sadness to him too yeah you believe when he says he's in those court cases I mean we haven't talked about that yet but when he's in court and they're telling him you're not going to see your kids anymore until you get a job like you you believe him that this is his whole life he's like he's the best at making the 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 clown cry pathos yeah yeah Yeah, he's the best at that well that's the next thing that happens is the court so he doesn't really believe that Sally Field's going to divorce him, but she follows through, and so they end up at custody court. And because he yeah, doesn't that's the have saddest a- cut ever, too. He's like, "Yeah, she's not going to go through with it." And then it pans down in a courtroom, and you're like, "Oh, Jesus, ugly." Yeah, <laughs> but uh, because he doesn't have a job, he, there's even like this part where he, where like the judge acknowledges. He says, "Like, you know, for many years women were given a bias when they got custody of the kids, and now that's changing." But you're an unemployed bum, so we're still going to give them to her. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> that was weird. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, yeah. I I went uh, when I was a kid. Equality for men. When I I was a kid, I went camping with, like, the first guy, the lawyer who won the first case for the man to get the kids. Wow. Yeah. What? In Canada, you mean? No, in the U.S. It was like a – he's an older guy. He could have helped out Robin Williams. Wait, did you say you went camping? I went camping with him, yeah. Why are you going camping with strange lawyer men? (laughs) No, no. He was like like a family friend of the family I was going camping with. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, very interesting. We should have gotten him on the podcast yeah, instead of Matt. Have, <laughs> yeah, you know, he would have been able to answer a lot of the complicated questions about what yeah. really happened in this situation. He, he might, how, he, how much do stirring speeches factor into the judge's decision? <laughs> <laughs> really? So, yeah, like, Robin Williams had to stand up and give a stirring speech, and the judge was like, okay, well, if you do this, then I'll give you this. But the lawyer did nothing. He was, like, the worst lawyer ever. Yeah. Well, he's broke. He doesn't have a job. Like, who's yeah. he going to hire? Yeah. Also, you got the sense that Sally Field was sympathetic to a certain yeah. level with 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 her husband, I mean, she didn't want to torture him. Although, yeah. well, it felt like it was out of her hands. This whole thing because her lawyer yeah. was really fighting for it, and the judge decided. So mm-hmm. she didn't speak at all, which right? was probably smart. Otherwise, she would have been so hateable. Yeah, like if they yeah, yeah. made her into a real like, and you're not going to ever see your children ever again. <laughs> right. Then, then why do we care about her and Pierce? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And Pierce, as we'll get into, is really nice too. Yeah. Extremely yeah. so, especially at Looking. the end. 
so the judge says that he has like basically 90 days to get his shit together. He has to get a job. He has to get like a place where he can have the kids over. That's okay. And, you know, if he pulls all that off, then maybe the custody agreement will be sort of looked at again. Mm -hmm. So he goes to his caseworker and she asks him if he has any special skills for employment. (laughs) And he says he does deceit. Yeah, he says he does voices, and then he proceeds to – I mean, it's a funny scene, especially when you're younger. He does all these like – It's a cut um, scene, a montage of – Yeah, racist, misogynistic, and transphobic voices. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you mean when he's calling Sally Field? Oh, wait, no, no. Yeah, it's just the racist voices at the caseworker. Okay. (laughs) There's a lot of voices. Yeah. And she seems really skeptical of his performance – and I can see why, because he just doesn't say that he's a professional voice actor. Uh, yeah. You don't just say you do voices. I do voices. I hear voices, and then I do them. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. sound Presumably crazy. Presumably he has an agent. Like, <laughs> right. he's been doing this. Yeah. Yeah, where's his agent in this? I guess he's like the second string pick, right? Like, like we said in the studio, they brought yeah. him in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he so. doesn't have a lot of pull with the, the, the network boss. He's waiting months to meet the network boss when he goes to see Reiner later right. it's like remember he'd been setting that up for like months obviously he has, doesn't have enough clout to just go in and be like hey sir yeah, yeah. yeah I'm a big talent voices. yeah, yeah he's, he's a nobody but yeah. she gets him a job in the same studio that he previously worked as a voice actor <laughs> shipping film canisters <laughs> yeah <laughs> In the he's basement, eating, yeah. he's eating a lot of crap. That's, that's what you get for taking on the tobacco companies. Yeah, <laughs> you get smoked. Yeah, and this podcast is brought to you by Camel. <laughs> that's not, don't smoke. But yeah, so he has this sort of job, and he has a uh, his first like his first visitation with the kids, right? And they come over to his house, and it's like it's like a sty, and all he has for them is takeout food. And then Sally Field comes a little bit early and starts honking on the horn. And then she comes up and, you know, the kids hate the place. She's disgusted with well, the he's, place. Well, he's also just yelled at his kids, right? You're yeah. my goddamn kids, too. Yeah, that's he yells right. at him. Mm. Which isn't a very sympathetic moment Yeah, he teaches Meryl Wilson the, the word goddamn. Right, yeah. <laughs> Which I'm sure is coming in handy. <laughs> but then she reveals that she's decided to take out an ad for a housekeeper. Mm-hmm. And... This interests Robert Williams immensely. So he asks all these details, asks way too much information, and then while she's like out of the room... She doesn't suspect anything. No, no, she's she's written as really stupid. (laughs) He like changes the information so that like nobody can respond to the ad. Mm. And then he decides to get the position. So initially he like calls and does all these racist, misogynistic, (laughs) and transphobic voices. (laughs) One's a specifically transphobic character where he's... He's he because he's trying to. It's that classic thing where you tr- go to a job interview and you try to first reveal the worst possible candidates. That's what yeah. he's trying to do. He's trying to turn Sally Field off of, of all, all these, these people, people and show and how the, bad it can be. And he says he's playing like a Swedish voice and yeah. he says, "I don't work with the boys because I used to be one." And like, and Sally Field's reaction on the other end of the phone is to just look stunned and hang up instantly. Yeah. And so yeah. the idea of a, tra- a trans person being a babysitter, but is fair, horrifying. She does have a teenage boy. If he doesn't, if, if uh, this person doesn't work with the boys, doesn't work with them. Yes, right. right. Yeah. Why wouldn't he work with them? <laughs> well, he's decided. <laughs> he's decided himself that he doesn't work. Yeah, well, we're, we're trying to find the correct way to address this character that's even fictional in the movie. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but like we're going to have a hard time going forward with this. <laughs> but what what it points to is this idea, which comes up again and again and again. And one point in just the most hysterical way, when the kids finally find out, just that trans people are just like he knows should be if, feared yeah if, if i go in pitching right. that i'm a trans person she's gonna be just disgusted and in yeah. the 90s it was like oh yeah oh makes sense you're absolutely yeah. right yeah exactly if there's one city in 1993 where it's not weird for trans people to be out it's san francisco yes and yet yeah. still well and because there are gay characters in this film yeah that's right i mean so he eventually, you know, puts on the good character voice and, you know, does a good job and gets the interview. So he goes to his brother, played by Harvey Firestein, and his partner, who are makeup artists, mm-hmm. Hollywood makeup artists, and he gets them to put together a outfit for his interview. Yeah. And so it's a big montage, you know. It's like the outfit trying on scene montage. Yeah. It's great. I think the most offensive thing about this movie might be the fact that his brother 
never once questions this when he plan. says, oh, well, I want to be a woman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's just like, oh, great. And there's never a scene where no, he's he like, says, thank God. Like he, he, he really says like, I've been wanting to do this for a while. Like, I've, yeah. I've been wanting you to do this for a while. But also just like in any movie where like someone would come up with such a crazy plan when there are children involved. Yeah. Like <laughs> the sibling would be like, Hey, maybe That's you shouldn't do this. Idea. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> no, but you know what? But they're like, well, they're gay and they're makeup artists, so they'll just think it's fun. Yeah, there'll yeah. be a montage. <laughs> but throw a musical number in there. Throw something from Fiddler. But nobody tells him that the idea is bad. Yeah, right. No. In fact, the movie runs into trouble if a character criticizes the plan because we're not supposed to. The audience is meant to think, yes, this is the only thing he can do, right. and it, when it works out so well, if we had known this was a bad plan, then we're thinking what the character's saying, which is there's better ways to do this, and, and that's not what we want, right. right, or any of these things, whereas for the movie to really work, we need to be completely invested in Robin Williams' plan as a good plan, mm-hmm. or as a, be caught up in it. Yeah, as an, and also as an ethical plan. You're mm-hmm. dealing with a situation where you have to do something, so this doesn't seem like it's that unethical until it unravels at the very end. Yeah, I, I think as a kid in the, that, that makes sense, but watching it now... Of course. Yeah, no. yeah of course. <laughs> like, I mean, you know it's, it's going to end at some point, that they're not just going to live their lives... Yeah, until Mrs. Doubtfire dies one day, and they're like, "Oh shit, that was our dad." I, mean, why didn't he, I, I would think his brother would like talk him out of it. He's like, "You're never going to see your kids again if you're discovered," right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Yeah, you know, good, that's what a good brother would do. <laughs> Instead, they make this prosthetic mask out of a mold of his face, lots of like makeup and like a big old wig and like some huge bosoms, you know, <laughs> matronly bosoms. Uh, and she goes to the job interview as Ephigenia Doubtfire and passes 100%. Yeah. The kids don't know it's her. It's so weird because... The person sound- he's been sleeping with for 14 years <laughs> yeah. doesn't know yeah. it's him. The whole family doesn't know it's him, but then his caseworker is like, you look exactly like Robin Williams. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm his sister. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so weird that, like, the stranger that's seen him once is like, yeah, I don't buy it. Yeah, well, he comes back from the interview and he gets the job because he, like, knows everything about the family and can relate to Sally Field. And he comes back and the caseworker's there for her scheduled appointment. And so he has to do the first of his playing two parts at the same time. Mm-hmm. Playing scenes. both sides, yeah. 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 <laughs> Entrapment. <laughs> but so, uh, that's like the one where he does, like, the the frosting on the face. What's well, because his mask yeah. falls out the window and gets run over by a truck. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Which looks horrifying. I know. That's like a horror movie right there. That's Freddy Krueger I yeah. said the creepiest style. thing was those kids watching him in the window across the street just uh, laughing at him. Yeah, yeah, and he's being pissed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah he's like so upset and they're just laughing. I remember just yeah. that being an awful moment. But they're also <laughs> weirded out by him too and then they start laughing again. Yeah, they There's go a- like, sick. <laughs> that was before sick meant cool. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know. But that's yeah, another theme that gets repeated <laughs> over and over again. The perversion of, of cross-dressing. Right. The perversion yeah. of being trans. But one of the, the, the most telling 90s line in the whole movie is when this is getting ahead of us ourselves a little bit but when he gets caught peeing standing up yeah. by Matthew Lawrence and so Matthew Lawrence realizes okay Mrs. Doubtfire has a dick the next line of dialogue is to his sister when Matthew Lawrence runs out of the room Lydia call the cops that's the next line <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire he's a she she's a he, he she's a he he he's a she like he can't even get it out but yeah. the uh, initial idea is this person is dangerous evil we need to get the police and then when Doubtfire runs in Lydia's got the tennis racket the tennis and they're racket, gonna yeah. they're, try, they're defending their lives against this yeah. trans person I, 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 <laughs> yeah. think, I think it's cause I thought a lot about this because I, I watched it not that long ago and wrote about it it's a fine line because I think there's definitely an element of what you're describing in this. With that specific thing, it's also like the kids are being deceived. Like, forget the fact that it's their dad. It's a middle-aged man pretending to be an older woman. So I can get why they'd be freaked out by that by a deception of their caretaker. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. You, it's funny because when I saw that movie in the 90s, it really did leave an imprint because you think about it. If you're, if you're a young person watching this movie, then you're probably identifying with this Matthew Lawrence character or with the, yeah. or with the daughter character. And so you're reading the situation through their reactions, right? Mm. And so it's coding you in a way where you're like, okay, so I'm this guy and here's my reaction to this woman who's, actually a man who's pretending to be a woman 
oh, right, that is how I should react yeah. if that right. ever happens. And so it really did leave a, a, a mark just in terms of me I, thinking about that being, okay, yeah, so that is perverse. I think you're right. Like, the movie definitely does play upon, like, the fear of transgenderism. It really does. On sexuality and men being women, that flipping around. And, and like, sometimes it, like, plays it for laughs. Like, you know, when they play, like, walk like a man or uh, yeah. whatever. A dude looks like a lady. Well, yeah. that part's not as cool. <laughs> yeah. There's, like, this, that's the montage where he's, like, spending time with his kids and it's this weird song about Steven Tyler macking on some chick and finding it's a dude and you know getting <laughs> outraged about it or writing a song about it or something. Apparently I looked it up and the origin of that song is like they went with like Vince Neil or someone to a restaurant where all the male waiters wore dresses or something like it's a really like <laughs> I didn't get that at all from the song. <laughs> but, yeah. but in a way, I, I don't know, even when I was a kid, like watching Mrs. Doubtfire, I kind of put myself into Robin Williams shoes a lot because you were saying that you kind of put yourself into the kids. Well, shoes with and, what's cool. I mean, yeah, you, with what's you, cool. you're thinking, oh, this is the coolest kid ever. He's right. got House of Pain playing at his birthday. Like, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Like He's you into rap. You yeah. want to be that kid. You're 12 years old. Right. And you're like, oh, yeah. And the Lawrence brothers remember in the 90s. Those oh, yeah. were like those were the coolest guys. Oh, see, I didn't know Samurai about Cyber Squad. Yes, he was. Oh, so, man. Th- th- like, that guy was a role model for people my age watching television. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And so you see that movie, you're like, oh, yeah, this, guy, this guy's cool. This guy's really cool. Because my role model like, was Robin Williams in this movie. And so watching him go through this, I was kind of, like, always looking for, to him for the temperature of every scene. Yeah. Right. And so he does some stuff that, that is very, like, this is what I have to do to do this, and it's not wrong or whatever. But then there's other parts where he's like... Like, Dad, you, you don't like dressing like a lady. And he's like, well, some of it's pretty comfortable. No! Yeah. And he, like, totally cuts himself. So it's, yeah, it's really weird because at certain points it's looked upon as though it's not so wrong because he's doing it for a reason. But even that is maybe... As long as you're doing it for your kids, Exactly. Man, it's not perverted. Even that is a little weird. Well, but, you, well, they, but they make the case. Yeah. They say, yeah. don't worry. I'm not perverted. I'm not weird. I'm not all the things that <laughs> are associated with yeah. this yeah. in the mind of the public. I mean, to play devil's advocate a little bit, it is also that he's dressed as an old lady. And yeah. there's something about... Okay, but what? Well, he, but what? What is there about being dressed like an old lady? Because that, there's like a culture of old lady things. Like, Well, it's a yeah. horror movie trope. Tea and, you know, and smelling like death. But yeah, but what, wearing but, like but, heavy uh, perfume. Like I think a lot of... I think you're right. But I think a lot of the jokes also stem from the fact that he's playing, you know, 30 or 40 For years sure. older than he actually is. Oh, you're talking about the intended purpose of it. Yes. Oh, of course. Obviously. I'm talking about, <laughs> I'm talking about the, like, what subliminally you walk away from having watched but, that movie in the 90s mm-hmm. versus now, where right. you can see, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that this had so much to do with the culture creation of young people in the 90s, which you find in all kinds of things at that, yeah. in, yeah. made in that era. There's, like, other bad stuff in this movie that I noted. Like, like when he I think it's when the kids see him peeing standing up, he tells them that like his uncle Frank and Aunt Jack made his costume. Yeah, well it's kind oh, of really? like I how, didn't even notice that. Yeah, yeah it's kinda like, like how barely heard it. But I know. Yeah, it's kinda yeah. like how he tells his kids how to understand gayness, I yeah, guess. Because one of them has to be a woman, right? Yeah, one of them, so yeah. Well, let's talk about this more when we come back, but right now we'll take a break. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome back to Rewatchability. We're talking about Mrs. Doubtfire with our guest, Matt Johnson. Okay, what, what else do we have to talk about in this movie? There's so much. Well, we haven't really talked about Pierce Brosnan. Who is like Sally Field's love interest, yeah. new love interest, and sort of like threatens Robin Williams' place in the uh, family. He's like the old flame who uh, he like calls her up supposedly because he wants his apartment redone or something like that. And so she comes with like oh, so he's opening a B and B. Oh yeah, that's right. She comes with all these like sketches that she's like done and they're in full color and they're beautiful. And she's like, but really, I want to get to know you. <laughs> yeah, she keeps on talking about the sketches and he's like, uh, let's date, let's yeah. do this, let's go for a drink. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, I, it's kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, I didn't like him at the start of this movie, but then by the end of the movie, you kind of do. You kind of grow to like him. Well, a the thing bit. is, is he smiles and he's so charming. <laughs> <laughs> and there really is nothing wrong with him. Like, I, I mean, from the point of view of the writing, like yeah. he doesn't have an ulterior motive. Up I thought you were going to say that like, he does like her, and I think they set him up to be the ultimate foil to sort of schlubby Harry yeah. Robin Williams, yeah. which is this is the ultimate gentleman. This guy can roll in the world that Sally Field is in, which yeah. you get the sense that that's what she wants because the opening scene of her and her work, she's got so much respect. She carries herself. She's so well-dressed. She wants to be... You get the sense that she wants to travel up class. Yeah. And Pierce Brosnan's already there. Yeah. So they. Yeah. So she mm-hmm. is... He's at the place where she wants to be and is kind of pretending mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. Whereas her husband, Robin Williams, is where she came from. Right. And so she's dealing with that dichotomy. And he always, he's always losing his job. Exactly. And, yeah. He's a bum. Yeah. Yeah. He's a bum. Which brings me to my question. Is this whole movie is kind of the theme, the like tech boom of the 90s <laughs> gentrification of... Uh, San Francisco. <laughs> because he's kind of like, you know, he's like the baby boomer generation. Yeah. And like, that was when they have their first fight. He's like, you became one of those like corporate types that used to hate. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. He just yeah. wants to like party and, and yeah. Because it was around this time that that's really, you yeah. know, in the 90s when San Francisco started to be. And Pierce Brosnan with his fancy B&B, he's mm-hmm. part of the problem. Yeah. yeah. Gentrifying. This, yeah. 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 And, and, yeah. And she says that, you know, part of the problem was that he wanted the party to continue, which is like, with animals as well uh, like also you know she's like he was so funny and then it stopped being funny all the stuff that he would do yeah. which is really which is really sad because Robin Williams is like the perennial man child yeah it's like what are you talking about this guy's hilarious yeah this guy is always funny well, it's a bit of the blue valentine syndrome where you've got this the wife is looking to advance their station and the husband is saying well what's wrong with us yeah right? Don't, isn't our life good enough Sally like look our kids love us we love each other like do we need more than that and she's saying yes well, I the, do need more than that the sort of like crisis of masculinity maybe at that point yeah, was sure. that like men had been forced into professional lives and then people like Robin Williams decided that they wanted to have more fun and be more jovial meanwhile women in their battle were finally getting to work and they want people they want men to like to fucking do something this is why I read this thing about women freezing their eggs because there aren't <laughs> enough eligible men right because <laughs> well, the, they're all schlubs and voice actors and, and yeah, podcasters and doing their own thing yeah, and yeah. there's a real gender swap <laughs> because you see Sally Field becomes the breadwinner mm-hmm. and Robin Williams is unemployed and he's saying well I'll just stay home with the kids and she says no I'm not going to accept that. And so then what you watch is he literally switches genders mm-hmm. so yeah. that he can stay home with the kids while she is out making money. Well, she castrates him. She and the system castrate him <laughs> and force him by taking away his fatherly duties, turn him into this woman in which that's the only way that he can fulfill his uh, right. masculinity. But I never but, thought of how, like, even just the idea that the central premise is his problem at the beginning of the movie is he's messy and he can't cook. <laughs> but he has to become a woman to learn how to clean right. and cook. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. kind of insane. Of course. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that is his arc, right? Like, that's what he learns from being a woman, which is, yeah, which is pretty bad. Which yeah, is sexist, but dated. it's funny because for that character, it's it's kind of exactly Still what, what Sally Field wanted. Yeah. She wanted a well, sort of a housebroken well, person. Well, I'd say she wanted, like, an adult that could do things. Right. You yeah. know, because she was dating a, a child and mm-hmm. she was raising four children, uh, basically, right? So I think, like, from her perspective, it was just about getting a guy to be able to parent with her. And by the end of the movie, he becomes the parent through learning how to be that parent through yeah. Mrs. Doubtfire. Yep. Which is which is kind of a nice thing but again, in this movie. Like, I mean, okay, let's talk about the creepy factor. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind okay, of hard to enough ignore. with nice things. No, yeah. but, like... I get that that's the lesson he learns, and that's a good lesson. Yeah. But the fact that he, he learned that lesson by, like, deceiving his family and re-entering the home that he was legally barred from. Yeah, from violating the court order. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's that's kind of yeah. awful, right? Well, he knows what he's doing, too. Because kidnapping. He, he, he mentions uh, Norman Bates in the beginning of the movie. Like, he knows how weird and weird for his family this will be what he's doing yeah so. like forget like the gender aspects like yeah. even if he had dressed as an old man and was, <laughs> was yeah. lying to his family it's still fucked up 
Yeah. Well, if we'd be reading it in the newspaper, that's for sure. Like, yeah. if that happened today, yeah. like, real life Mrs. Doubtfire, there wouldn't be a ton of sympathy. Honestly, I thought that this was going to end with, like, a suicide by cop or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, really dark. It's like falling down. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, you could recut this as, like, one hour photo dark, you know? Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, it's yeah. that close. Well, I saw, yeah, like, uh, on the internet a few years ago, I think people were like, someone recut the Mrs. Doubtfire trailer as a horror movie. He's like, yeah, that doesn't sound difficult at all. Not even a bit. <laughs> like, you just I have to change the music. You can just switch one, like, whatever score for the other guy. Well, I don't know if you guys saw one of the international posters is creepy as hell. It's just... Keep keep quiet. Oh, yeah. Yes. This is Doubtfire putting a finger to her mouth. That's uh, weird. I know that image. Yeah. I know that image. That was used in North America as well. Yeah, I, I, know that that I remember like that from the It's been burned 90s. into your yep. brain. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll post that on our Facebook in case people want to take a look at uh, <laughs> or make it their desktop background. It's, yeah. it's quite an image. <laughs> it's quite an image. Yeah, and him. even the poster we're used to is like Sally Field is like on the other side of a door between Robin Williams and the kids, like the door right. of lies, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it, it plays into the into the dramatic. Uh, like the audience is complicit. Like what's so cool about that poster is Robin Williams is looking at you and saying. Don't tell the other characters right. in this movie. This <laughs> is a story about you and me, and you're on my side because I'm Robin Williams. Complicit. That's amazing. Yeah. But, but that's yeah. reality. When you it's have a character so engaging the camera and right. saying, "Look, you and I know something. Yeah. We're not going to let the other people know, and that's how you're going to watch this story." Right. And that's one of the things that erodes all this creepiness because you are a part of it. Yeah. You're like, not only am I a part of it, I want him to do this. Right. I want Robin Williams to dress as the woman because he's charming, he's funny, and and he. He knows his intention. It. He yeah, knows it too, right? Well, so it helps that we know his intention, yeah. right? Yeah. In a news story, you don't know the intention, you don't know the backstory of who's doing what. Whereas if you're sitting there watching the person every step of the way, and the movie has made you side with him and has turned Sally Field into the antagonist, then of course this guy could have showed up with like a butcher knife and be like, "Well, I knew he's going to do something good with it." I, See, I, I think if this happened in real life. It would be more like the Arrested Development version of, yeah, of this well, with sure. Mrs. Featherbottom. Which oh yeah, is all I could think of while watching this is Tobias like falling down while holding the umbrella into a into a coffee table. Like it's just the funniest thing. Yeah. It sort of like ruins it to watch it. I mean, yeah. other than like the things, other than the things that already ruin it to watch it, that it does itself. <laughs> right. But like, yeah, like yeah, how do they just not see? Well, and Mrs. Featherbottom is kind of funnier, like in a way, because it's 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 so stupid. Yeah, and you it kind of makes you realize how stupid the premise of Mrs. Doubtfire is. Like, yeah, well, of course it's funnier. I mean, when yeah. something already exists, and you can just have a team of writers be like, "All right, let's try to yeah, let's build build everything that. we can yeah. out of it." Yeah, of course that was hilarious, but. I think that the reason that that works so well, that Arrested Development thing, if you haven't seen it, you should see it. Um, it, it to buy That's Arrested K. Development. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A-R. <laughs> but the reason it's so great is I think the same reason that we're still talking about Mrs. Doubtfire is that for some reason that movie was singular. For some reason, everybody had some thing about it and it was so original and so out of left field and the fact that we were in the 90s able to forgive all of this insanity. Well, we didn't character. know. But, well, no, but there were adults at the time who yeah. should have known. Yeah. But it was yeah. it just went along it was just a part of the zeitgeist and people were like yes what a great movie I mean I'm too young to remember but do you think people were out in the streets being like oh my gosh this is ridiculous this is insane it wouldn't work like I bet you reading no. reviews of that movie people would be like incredible feel good family movie great message great performance I don't know because I've never read reviews of well, that I movie, think everybody had to do a cross dressing performance at some point <laughs> before <laughs> like the passage. 90s yeah like Dustin Hoffman mm-hmm. that's what I can think of but it was a huge movie I mean like even now, I was reading, there was a news story recently, like a four-year-old had a Mrs. Doubtfire-themed birthday party, which when I, I read the headline, I assumed that they brought animals into their home and right. just I destroyed it. I would think really come back angrily. <laughs> yeah. No, it was just like they had a cake jump, and jump. stuff. It was, it was very disappointing. But even like when Robin Williams passed away, people went to was the, the house in San Francisco yeah. and like left a bunch of flowers and stuff outside, which is weird because like... I don't even think he ever went to that house. Like, <laughs> he was just on soundstage, right? It was, yeah. But he lived in San Francisco for years. It was yeah, not, he's not, he was well, he may have driven by the house. I right. just mean, like, there was no iconic scene where he Partied was like, there once or twice. This is my place. I think yeah. when people think of Robin Williams, especially from this generation, that is one of the films. Sure. I yeah. think it might even be a top three in terms of, uh, oh, that's my where my brain goes right away. It definitely I is, but so. there's so many better films that he's been. It's so weird yep. that this captured the imagination of everyone, whereas yeah. something like The Fish 
Fincher King, which he's so good in, like didn't you know? Well, well that wasn't a movie. That wasn't was a family movie. movie. Yeah. That was a, and, yeah. But I agree that he's, well, he's like, well, we all just saw movie. Mrs. Doubtfire's dick. I, <laughs> I looked up what the rating was. <laughs> Iphigenia, put it away. But I, I don't know. I think there was uh, something about this movie that I, I can't imagine there was much criticism of it at the time. No. I just remember it being very of its time. Like I probably saw this movie. 20 to 30 times as a kid like it was just one of those ones you know everyone would put it on if you were at a get together that right. was something to like put, put on movie for to kids put on. you get yeah. totally sanitized which is again I think speaking to just how crazy different the 90s were than now because now a movie comes out like that and it well it could never be made but on top of that people would be like are you kidding me look at what you're <laughs> saying it's like children's movies now especially for the nine, from the 90s are being looked at with such a deeper lens you look at Disney movies now like Moana or or what was that movie, Kubu and the Two Strings. I know it's not a Disney yeah, movie. Yeah. But they are so careful to really present an egalitarian free society where everybody yeah. – like there's absolutely nothing. Right. I shouldn't – I mean I'm sure there is. But there's so much less to point a finger at and be like, wow, that's not – uh, that's not that's backwards whereas it, like you can pick any movie from the 90s it's a family movie and it's just full of this stuff yeah. oh, people would lose their minds if this basically movie came out now. every yeah. Robin Williams movie is problematic Aladdin problematic <laughs> oh yeah yeah big time big time but for different reasons Jack probably but one of the things I found I you know getting to the end of the movie obviously has that crazy restaurant scene yeah which is like the best scene in the movie it's excellent yeah it's yeah. excellent even watching it now and in terms of, like, if you put that movie on today and were to just watch it, there's a lot of stuff that's laughable and stupid. But that yeah. restaurant scene, in my opinion, holds up just because it's such a great trope of this guy's got to be in two places at once. And Robin Williams pulls it off. Like, he yeah. pulls it off because it's yeah. so physical. I don't think I got when he was a kid that he was just getting hammered. Yeah, I didn't time. get that either. Yeah. <laughs> And that, that's another, another thing. And watching. I didn't get that he tried to kill Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. No, I know. And at the end, it's such a great line because Pierce Brosnan doesn't know that he tried to kill him. If you haven't seen the movie, yeah. what happens is Pierce is deathly allergic to pepper, which is hysterical. Yeah. And so <laughs> Doubtfire, because he's drunk, is like, well, Pierce shows up with a necklace and, and he and he gives Sally Field the necklace. And, and Doubtfire, or Robin Williams, his name's Daniel, gets the sense that, oh, this is going too fast for me. I don't like this. So he questions Pierce Brosnan on whether or not his plan is to fuck Sally Field. And Pierce Brosnan is like, no, I really just like her. And you get the sense that he's sincere. He's so, yeah. Yeah. Well, he's an awesome a, date. There's that point at the, uh, <laughs> at the pool when the, he takes the whole family to the pool and someone's like, hey, who are those rugrats? And he's like, actually, they're great kids. They're great kids. Yeah. yeah. In and the shittier that, movie, it would, that would be the scene where he like confesses to his friend that he hates the kids. That he hates yeah, the exactly. kids. Yeah. He just wants to F the, F right. the girl. But yeah. instead he goes, no, they're great kids. I love them. And they said, well, where's the father? And you know what? Here, Pierce Brosnan has the chance to, he's talking to a total stranger. He has the chance to really be like, oh, this guy's a, like awful whatever but he even is soft with Williams it's like, yeah, where he says kind of he's a, what can I say the guy's a loser yeah, yeah. he says great what? voiceover artist yeah. <laughs> yeah. love Not the puggy parakeet cartoons yeah <laughs> no but yeah, yeah just like what else would he say if you were Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, yeah, and he's, okay. he, he's not Fair. saying that he's pathetic, doesn't have a job, whatever. He says, what can I say? The guy's a loser. And I think it, he's discreet while still getting the point across. Yeah. But this has stayed with Williams. And so at this dinner, he said, enough is enough. I'm drunk. I'm going to take this guy out. And so he goes back into the kitchen dressed as a chef, yeah. puts pepper <laughs> on the guy's jambalaya. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like it's uh, it's more of a, a, a thing of opportunity. It's not... Uh, if you have the chance he goes to kill to someone, the kitchen. do it. Yeah. yeah, but for what? Like, what does he think he's going to gain? Does it really matter? Yeah. If this guy has an uh, anaphylactic attack, that's no, actually not no. going to advance his story unless his plan really is to have this Does guy he go the to the kitchen to do this, though? Because, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, in, in, yeah. My, in my rewatching of it, I thought it was kind of on the way by. No, was like, he's oh, like, oh, this. It's completely out of the way. He, he oh, has really? to stop. He's, he's <laughs> meeting with Rob Reiner about his future television right. show. Just Why a minute. I have to go Rob kill Reiner, someone. Oh, yeah. Sorry. It's a character actor. I don't know. He's an episode of Who plays Rob Reiner. Yeah. In a lot of movies. It's so funny. I thought it was Rob Reiner. He looks so much like him. He looks like Rob Reiner does now yeah <laughs> yeah right <laughs> but i mean like for a movie where obsessively it's about this character daniel's growth we're well into the third act we're almost at the end of the movie and he's trying to murder someone trying, although yeah. you know what you got to give him the benefit of the doubt i don't think he actually was thinking of killing him i think yeah. he was thinking of just kind of messing with him humiliating yeah. him yeah. but what's great is that 
Pierce has no idea that, that happened. And so there's this amazing scene where Pierce then chokes on a shrimp and yeah. Mrs. Doubtfire gives him the Heimlich maneuver. And of course, this is the big. That's what happens when you have the, an allergic reaction. You choke. You choke. <laughs> so I was always confused about that. He's yeah. having the climax is Mrs. Doubtfire giving the Heimlich maneuver, which knocks off the mask yeah. and reveals that he is who he is to the entire family. But knocks it off in a terrifying way when it only comes down <laughs> half down on I his know. face. <laughs> and everyone's horrifying. like, Daddy? It's, it's like, no, just peels it back mm-hmm. onto his face. Well, because at this point, Matilda's the only person who doesn't know of the kids. Yeah. yeah. And and so that's really she the heartbreaking her moment. Pee yet. Yeah. 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 And so, but what's crazy is Pierce doesn't know that Mrs. Doubtfire poisoned the food. And so when it's all over, it's this really kind of awkward moment where the only people left at the table are Pierce Brosnan and Daniel. And so Doubtfire turns to him and says, sorry about trying to uh, poison you with a thing. And, and Pierce Brosnan instantly forgives him. It's like, yeah. no problem. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about like, it. And leaves. He's like, thanks for the Heimlich. Thanks for, he says, thanks for giving me the Heimlich yeah. maneuver. Yeah. It's crazy. I like that they set up that he knows the Heimlich maneuver at the beginning of the movie. Uh, do they? Yeah, Wait, they do. What? Yeah. I don't remember that. When he's like talking about his like skills. Oh, oh nice. good writing. Yeah. I was yeah. like, that's going to come in handy later. I can <laughs> oh, save I never would have thought that. I can. <laughs> yeah. Well. But then in the courtroom scene after that, when it's all come out that it was Mrs. Defire. Oh, and by the way, when it does come out that he's Mrs. Defire, I do love Sally Fields' reaction. Oh, yeah. Oh, she, just, it, she, she goes through seven different stages like of grief. A right. scream. Yeah. yeah. But then, yeah, so we're in the court and the judge passes down a sentence. Here's where I think it gets a little <laughs> transphobic because the judge is upset not because Robin Williams violated the court order he set down <laughs> but because of like his unorthodox yeah. lifestyle the past yeah. few months he violated what what a man is and what a woman is <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> he threw the book at him he threw yeah. the book at him but it's like yeah he like literally just did the opposite of what you said but you're still like well you've been a little <laughs> peculiar uh, <laughs> yeah. like, come on yeah. judge yeah, does he ruin his chances with because he's at this dinner with his potential boss and the family? No, he gets the job as Mrs. Yeah, yeah, one, it's no, one of the I, genius turns of the of the I, movie is he, that he sure. comes back accidentally he, to the table and, yes, blo- and, and as Mrs. Doubtfire and he says, "Daniel, what the hell are you wearing?" And then he says, "I want to introduce you to this new character." But, and he blo- he doesn't go back to the table. Yeah, you don't yeah. know what happens. Okay, because that's weird. And, and, to bad me, news for Rob Reiner because Steve Bannon made a lot of money off that Mrs. Doubtfire show. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, in my mind when I watched it when I was a kid when he gave Pierce Brosnan the Heimlich maneuver he was seen to room like both chances because the other guy saw him and was like oh this wasn't just for me was you doing this to your family like I, I remember <laughs> it, that it happening but it's not in the movie no obviously <laughs> But why not? Because they were in the same restaurant. Like, that guy was... Smoking, non-smoking. Yeah, it's one another great thing about the 90s. No, the 90s, Is yeah, that right. when they first go in, Rob Reiner's sitting in non-smoking. Yeah. And so when Mrs. Doubtfire shows up with the family, he right. goes, Smoking! Yeah, yeah. smoking! He insists that the family get, like, second-hand smoke. <laughs> yeah, it was a ni- 93! Yeah, 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 he goes against his own morals that we yeah. saw at the beginning. But yeah, to oh, answer your right. yeah, yeah, smoking. Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. This yeah. is even worse than he, we thought. He turns into a monster. You know what? You know what? A little lie will twist you in knots. That is the message. One lie will twist you in and so at the end of the film, web we weave. you are the exact opposite of the anti-smoking. You were willing mm-hmm. to risk your job and now... And your family's health. But well, no, at the beginning, wow. but then, oh, oh, yeah, then yeah. it changes. The but it's weird. If, if there was a huge commotion at a restaurant, even if I was sitting in a different section, I'd kind of like poke my head over to the side and be like, well, what was that? Yeah. No, but that's what I mean. They couldn't see because of the haze of cigarette smoke. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like a storm cloud above the like smoking section. <laughs> it's going to be funny for people who watch that movie in like five, ten years who were born in 2000, that a major plot element is the smoking versus non-smoking you mean sections there was a, oh, there was a vaping section that. in the restaurant? <laughs> like, no, 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 it was smoking. They did you something else. Smoke in a restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But I was saying, because obviously, yeah, they make a TV show out of Mrs. Doubtfire. She's the television host. She, yeah, she becomes a children's TV host. I, I was just thinking like, man, like, Will that backstory ever come out, like, on the IMDb <laughs> trivia for the Mrs. Doubtfire show? <laughs> a character workshopped with his own family <laughs> without their knowledge. <laughs> and against judges' orders. Against yeah. judges' orders. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if you read, like, that Mr. Dressup had been, like, lying to his family and, like, telling them he was Robin Hood or whatever. <laughs> That's Disrespect right. Mr. Dressup. <laughs> it also made me think, because he's got, like, gorilla puppet sidekick, it made yeah. me think, 
it would be great if they did like a spin-off movie where the guy was also a divorced dad who like pretended to be like a pet gorilla for the family <laughs> was also disgraced yeah and well, his final message is one of divorce do you remember that right yeah, yeah. yeah. Mrs. Like Doubtfire a does, a, does a coda about how sometimes mommies and daddies don't want to be friends anymore children yeah, yeah. don't blame yourself yeah, but he, except Rob <laughs> for those last few you. scenes yeah. uh, Sally Fields TV is just inexplicably on all the time <laughs> like yeah, they keep yeah. being surprised by the fact that the TV's on and well they're like Doubtfire's I wish Mrs. It. Doubtfire was still around, which is a weird thing for the family to say oh to begin God. with, because they know that that's their dad. Yeah. Like, wouldn't it just be easy to say, "I wish Dad was around"? But doesn't it seem like they're gonna like Sally Field setting up to like bring back Mrs. Doubtfire in character yeah. to further <laughs> fuck with their children's lives? Yeah. I was like, I was screaming no at the screen. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah it would be really sad if they're like Daniel. We want you to be more a part of the children's lives. But only if you dress as Mrs. Yeah. Oh, we don't like Miranda. Daniel. We like Epigenia. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also weird that... A man's uh, got to do. <laughs> that at the beginning, he's, he, how he gets the, the interview with the guy is that he's making fun of, of one the, of the hosts. The old-timer. The right. old-timer, yeah, who's kind of boring, but he's an old man. And Robin Williams just replaces him with kind of a slow-talking old woman. Same thing. Which no, is, but his, pitch, his pitch is that she yo-yo can make a mean cup of cocoa. But she like, doesn't do any of the hip-hop he, stuff at the end. She's <laughs> funny. But she can. But we know she's capable of it. She makes yeah. like a subtle allusion to like the taped recordings of Princess Die that led to her divorce. Like That's some pretty subversive. Oh, yeah. Give me a rap song about divorce. <laughs> I need it. Uh, no, I, I like that. I think yeah, that all works. A, it, and, and that guy who gets fired is the mailman yeah. on her show. Yeah, so cool. delivering his, his own eating crow. Yeah. yeah, like that guy had it way worse. <laughs> what my, about my family? Yeah, my friend Kurt Lobb pointed that out to me because I never realized that when I'd first seen the film. And he was like, yeah, if you thought Robin Williams' character had it bad, no way. This guy gets fired by Mrs. Doubtfire and then he's turned into the mailman bit part who just comes in to deliver. And yeah. this guy's like 80 years Dead old. Dead own firing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Brought him back on. His wife died a week before Mrs. See, Doubtfire strolled into the studio. <laughs> See, I, I read that as kind of like a nice thing. Like, she didn't just fire this guy. There was a, like another uh, part for him on the show. Right. Okay. Well, but you know, it was supposed to be nice. It was yeah. supposed to be like, kids, don't even worry about that guy. Yeah. He's fine. <laughs> don't, don't even <laughs> worry about him. It should have just been like a cutscene to him rolling in money like his severance package or something <laughs> yeah we also never get any more of Pierce Brosnan like we never see whether like their relationship continues or whether like yeah, he becomes part of the weird. family I, I liked him I wanted to yeah. say you know what that actually complicates the ending because I think the filmmakers are trying to have the ending be are they going to get back together are they not They're, they shouldn't be getting back well of course together. I know but think about it you're a little kid watching this movie oh and you want to at least have some type of hope because yeah. Yeah. because, because your fires, parents you want your parents to get back together it, quite true and doubt says sometimes they get back together and sometimes they don't yeah. right that's his closing message and so it's not you I, I think we can all as adults say well clearly the peers relationship was good mm-hmm. and she's going to stay with him but you want to be able uh, there's a glimmer of hope yeah but if i was pierce i'd be out of there man he's <laughs> a psycho <laughs> yeah yeah he's definitely yeah. a psycho you don't want to mess with the psycho ex yeah, hey, he, he loves the kids he loves sally yeah I well, I had a thought at the end of the movie when he's like driving away in the car with all the kids and she's watching Mrs. Doubtfire and she's feeling pretty fulfilled. Like, what if he just goes to Mexico? Like, <laughs> yeah, what what if he never got better and he just turns around and he's like, "Hello, kids." <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, like, <laughs> they're like, "What? No, Dad, you're all right, right?" It turns yeah. into split. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. goes back to his brother. Can you make Mrs. Doubtfire a passport? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, yeah, he, for sure. He t- shows up with Matthew Lawrence. Now you've got to make Matthew a girl. <laughs> He's like, what? Dad? And they're You're all going to have different identities. We're going to live next door, fool your mom forever. I did want to mention this movie was based on a book. Oh, that's right. Damned Outfire. Yeah, Madame Doubtfire. I, I knew that. Yeah, I actually based French. on a book. I actually yeah. read the book when I was a kid. That's how much I liked this movie. Wow, kid. you're kidding? No, oh, is it different? It was pretty similar, from what I recall. I was looking it up on Wikipedia. It said that I guess this is true. It said that the two eldest children immediately figure it out, uh-huh. but the the mother and the youngest daughter don't, which is pretty <laughs> insulting to the mother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who never figures this out? Like yeah. that's, that's the weirdest thing. But, but it does make some amount of sense because she's not spending a ton of time with Mrs. Doubtfire. Right, right. She's okay. spending all the time with Mrs. Doubtfire. They yeah. like bond and have. She tea wants to have them. Talk, yeah. talk about men. Talk about men and sex yeah. together. Yeah. Yeah. Which While is she's changing, what dress should, should I wear? Yeah, yeah. And apparently, the author of the book, Anne Fine, wanted Warren Beatty for the lead. Oh. Can you imagine that? I Awful. heard they were going to get Tim Allen. <laughs> right? Yeah. Apparently, that Tim was Allen's closer than Beatty, <laughs> yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. He is closer than Fair Beatty. Enough. Yeah. But I really don't see anyone else. Too. No, I mean. 
Yeah, maybe Jim Carrey, maybe. But that would you know what? Oddly, I think Jim Carrey, no matter what he's doing with the big physical stuff, there is an element of sexuality yeah. to him because he's he so big. He has so much with his face. Yeah, that's right. The yeah. closest he was is was Truman Show, and even then, he was playing like somebody who didn't have the information he needed. Yeah. So yeah. it's so much so different than somebody who does have the information. They were also apparently considering Brian Cranston. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, really? Wow. He's good at yeah. keeping secrets from his family. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if a identifier opens up a meth lab. <laughs> and, the, you know, the, I guess this has been a rumor for a long time. I think Mara Wilson and others, Pierce Brosnan, have said that it's absolutely true that, you know, somewhere they could have assembled like an R-rated cut of this movie because apparently in the, the crazy takes, shit he said. Yeah, the crazy I, shit he said. Some of it got quite blue. <laughs> right. I'm yeah. If that came out I would love to yeah. see that for sure. Like yeah. some like old engineers sort of pass it around in the shadows and it gets leaked. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about like recording engineers yeah okay I thought you meant like MIT engineers who are like, really into Mrs. I mean, Doubtfire like nerds over there yeah. yeah they build bridges and they love Mrs. Doubtfire yeah. yeah can you hack into uh, <laughs> we need this R-rated cut but that makes sense I think he did that in every movie yeah I'm you're sure probably he did. right yeah, yeah. The, because it would be hard to be that unrestrained and restrain yourself for a kids movie right you like, got you to see to. the. we got to see that in the birdcage I mean, that's yeah. what he yeah. was doing, all this crazy, yeah. like, we'll Good say morning, Vietnam. Same yeah. kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Okay, well, let's go around and decide if it's rewatchable or not. Rob, what about you? I sadly do not think this is a rewatchable movie. Oh. I think that some of it is pretty dated, especially some of the sexual politics and gender politics. That's problematic. Um, as a snapshot of that particular moment in time, it may have value so that we can see maybe where our parents were at one particular time. When You're they talking, had the... of course, about the smoking section. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Why our parents are all just dropping dead of lung cancer. <laughs> I, You know, it was really hard to watch. And... I, I, I didn't realize how much of an asshole Robin Williams' character is because he really is. Like, you know, I think maybe I can sympathize with it a little bit, but, like, he talks shit about Sally Field, calls her a battle axe, tells her kids that she's going to die of amoebic dysentery or something <laughs> yeah, like that's that. that's the weirdest part because he, he does that in front of his kids, and then when he's Mrs. Doefire and she starts talking bad about him, he's like, oh, you wouldn't do that in front of the yeah. kids. Yeah, jerk. he's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then he does you this hypocrite. terrible thing. And then even as Mrs. Doubtfire, like, he can't help himself but try to sabotage Sally Field's relationship. He's so, like, he's so selfish. And he doesn't really spend that much time with his kids. He has one dude who looks like a lady montage. And <laughs> that's all that the rest of the time is spent cleaning and cooking. So, I, I don't know. It was it was uncomfortable to watch. I didn't enjoy watching it. I hope to never watch this movie again. Holy uh, shit. That's, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's- Bad review. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. I don't know. Blaine, what about you? I thought it was a pleasant movie. Okay. <laughs> no problems. Uh, no, I, I kind of liked it watching it again. I, I liked wow. I liked watching Robin Williams do his thing. It's always nice watching him do his thing, even if it's in pounds of makeup and with gender politic difficulties. But I, yeah, I like Pierce Brosnan. I like Robin Williams. Uh, it, it is problematic. There is a lot of problems to it, but... It's a fun movie, too, if you can mm. kind of turn that off. And if I you're think, into the cult of personality, if you just, like, channel through Robin Williams, he'll, he'll be enough to save it. Uh, right. right. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, it's what saved it in the 90s, that's for sure. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I... Blaine, is it rewatchable or not? I need an answer. I need a firm answer. It's, it's totally rewatchable. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Matt, what about you? Uh, you know what? And I say 100% rewatchable and in fact for the inverse of, of, of oh. all the problems with it. And I think it's so important, especially at this age, to look at the things that formed right. your nascent, like your pubescent mind. I mean, this is the shit that for me anyway, that's, I was- kind of the premise We should of the watch show. this and be <laughs> but, you, you, but I think it's super important because like to watch it now through the lens of being an adult and say, okay, so why- do I perhaps think the way that I do or why do I have knee-jerk reactions to certain things that I can't explain? This movie and, made us hate! <laughs> well, right, so then why not be watching it? I'm not trying to say yeah. that that because of this movie I think every trans person is weird and bizarre, but certainly with all of the media I consumed in the 90s, that definitely formed who I am, whether yeah. I like it or not. Like it programmed us. Big time. And, I, and I'm a strong believer in not that not being completely determinant like I am, I am the product of this media, but certainly my cultural references are. And so to, to rewatch these things as an adult, I think is incredibly important. So I say I give this a 10 out of 10 for rewatchability. And also, <laughs> wow. I think the story is quite tight. I, th- I think I think that the writing the, the writing is pretty tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and, and, and oh. for all the reasons that uh, that you watch any Robin Williams movie, I think it's this is a 
this holds up on that as well. Yeah, because they let him go. They let him do his thing. He's off the yeah. leash. Yeah. He, he's off the leash. And it was Which one of those fun. movies where Robin can be Robin. Mm-hmm. And the camera, the, the guy's just saying, just keep going. Just keep shooting. And they do three or four moments where it's just like, what can you do? When he's doing the Barbra Streisand from Funny Girl mm-hmm. singing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really funny. Yeah. The son's a ball of butter. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> well, no more about Funny Girl. <laughs> no, 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 he 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 sings it. He's yeah, doing yeah, yeah. No, I don't impression. know the name of the song. Yeah, it's just I don't know. The, I don't know the name piece, of the song you know? oh, either. Okay. But that's that's her big. Hit. Okay, great. I mean, yeah, I'm conflicted, kind of like you guys. But I'd be lying if I didn't say I laughed a lot because of the Robin Williamsness of it all. Like the him, his backhanded insults. <laughs> To Pierce Brosnan, yeah, oh, incredible. but he doesn't deserve them. <laughs> oh, I know, but they're so funny. Like when he when he but buys who, the who knows deserve, yeah, yeah, like it's drive by fruiting. Come on, and I think I think part of it. I think it was a great uh, you know I was you know maybe being a little tongue in cheek when I was describing how it's you know all about the gentrification of San Francisco. But I think class is a big part of it. I think that's Huge, why sure. it resonated Huge. with audiences. Where like even though Pierce Brosnan is a nice guy, we're like fuck this guy. He drives a Mercedes. He's mm-hmm. buying all this stuff. Anything like, he wants, he gets, including Robin Williams. Why? Yeah, he gets gets all this just because he wants it, and he deserves it. You know, I hope that. (laughs) I hope that B and B fails. Yeah. (laughs) Well, at five hundred dollars a night, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't. I. Yeah, I think. Again, like I said at the beginning of the show, I think it's maybe not a great movie because I can't. I think a great movie, if you subbed in a different actor, it should still kind of work. I don't think this movie would remotely work with Warren Beatty, for example. Okay, but you really think that's a a sign of a good or a bad film? Wouldn't you say that a great film is... not all. Yeah. For me, a movie that is really transcendent, you couldn't take one of the pieces out. Right, it, it, like yeah. any one of the pieces, if you took it out, you're like, well, that's it's like it. an orchestra. Everything. It's, 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 it really I'm certainly not be. saying Mrs. Doubtfire is transcendent. No, no, no. Of course not. No, I know, I know what you mean, but I think like. I just mean with another comedy, I think with a lot of good movies, good comedies, you could take the actor out, bring in a different actor, and it would still work as a movie. Like I'm saying like yeah. this fundamentally would be would one apart. of the worst yeah. movies ever made. Like it would be a movie we talk about like Jack Frost or something. Or I would, I would think worse. Yeah. I would actually yeah, think sure. worse. I think it would be laughed out of cinemas. Yeah. But to me, that is a check in wow. That, I'm t- telling you that's why people point. are still talking about this movie is because right. they found that perfect sy- synthesis of a movie that is actual trash and would never work. And yet for some magical reason, it's this Robin man, yeah. this man yeah. is able to elevate this. Denzel Washington also has this power. You know, you take certain Denzel Washington movies and you take him out of it. And you're like, oh, my God, this is insane. Right. <laughs> the schlocky like, B-movie action. This is action terrible. Yeah, yeah. And yet yeah, Denzel yeah, yeah. turns it into absolute magic. And yeah. there's something that movies can do that nothing else can. And I feel like as as stupid and silly and over Mrs. Doubtfire is, it is a good example of that, of that strange particular magic that a movie has that no other form of art does, where it's just because it's that guy doing it that you just go, oh, uh, you're you're, you're stunned. You're willing to forgive so much. Absolutely. Sally I feel lifted yeah. a lot of weight in this movie. Too. Yes, she did. Yeah. Yes, she yeah, did. Yeah, yeah with yes, like a did. terrible character. Yeah, with a terrible Last character. Be like the buzzkill all the time. Know, but you still <laughs> like her. The kids her. were good. Still, too. And you still like yeah. her. Yeah. I love her. Amazing casting. Yeah, the, the kids. Yeah. The, yeah, the whole cast was great, actually. Yeah, like mm-hmm. the older mean girl. Yeah. With her like yeah. glances. From Independence Day. Yeah, Harvey Firestein. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cast of Mrs. we're back for Independence Day. Okay, well, that was great. I, I couldn't have put it better myself. Matt, thanks so much for being here. I had, yeah, an I had a great time. Five thanks, years, man. what are we going to talk about then? <laughs> In 20... I don't know what came out this week. 22? was horrible by then. Yeah, yeah. we'll Five talk about engagement. the Tom Cruise mummy. <laughs> you know what we should talk about? Catch Me If You Can. You guys oh, done yeah. that? Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. So do I. It's probably one of the more rewatchable movies of all time. Come I couldn't agree on, more. Yeah, yeah. Come back on around Christmas time. We'll do that because that's a Christmas. It's movie a Christmas for me. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything you want to plug? Do I? No. Yeah, your show? You don't want to plug your oh, show? Oh yeah, yeah. Sure. All right. Yeah, you can watch our show, Nirvana the Band, the show. In fact, in season two or season three, I'm not sure which. I know it is season two. We're doing a Mrs. Doubtfire episode. So, nice. so if you enjoyed hearing about Mrs. Doubtfire, will tune you be in, in prosthetics? Yes, in fact, I dress up like Tony Erdman. So, <laughs> we, I consider I consider Mrs. Doubtfire to be the prequel to Tony Erdman. Nice. Okay. Well, thanks so much. Thanks to our sponsors, Andy and HelloFresh. You can find us at rewatchability.com, Twitter at rewatchability, Facebook.com/slash rewatchability, and uh, you can subscribe on iTunes. Rate us on there out of five stars. That always helps. Yeah. If you want to go to Patreon and support us with uh, one, two, three dollars a month, then that would really help too. Can't think of anything funny. Yeah. No, I mean, how about <laughs> that? Yeah, it's always tough to make a joke about asking yeah. for money. <laughs> <laughs> 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.